All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started this evening. Um, <clears throat> hopefully you had a, a good time, maybe some rest and some time of fellowship in between services. Um, we had some, we had some, a little bit of both and it was nice. It was pleasant. So, uh, when you have good food in between that, uh, rest and food coma comes on pretty strong, pretty quick. Um, I don't think I had been down, but, uh, for a moment, my wife can probably confirm that I'd been in the chair probably for less than three seconds and I was out. So, <laughs> uh, I did that to her last night. I said, I'm going to bed. Good night. Love you. <laughs> then boom, I was gone. I don't remember anything. So, uh, it's nice to be able to do that. And, um, enjoy uh just some some time but uh this evening uh i want us to, we're going to be in two main passages we're going to be in uh book of Ma- uh, mark chapter 8 and matthew 16 and we're going to start in mark first and uh we're taking a look at um kind of a, a very interesting subject matter um the, the there's a little bit of, it's, it's parallel passages here Talking about the same event, there's a little bit more detail that's given in one versus the other. But um, one thing that's uh, important for us to to kind of understand is that the Lord is showing and teaching something here. Um, he's trying to communicate to the disciples, taking an opportunity where their their mind was on something and he tries to use that, but because of the disciples' obtuse uh, uh, response to this, they didn't quite grasp what he was saying. And we're going to take a look a little bit about that tonight, but let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again that we have an opportunity to come to study your word, to look at uh, what you've given to us um, that Lord, tonight we would just uh, be encouraged um, to do that which is right, encouraged to be circumspectly walking in this life, um, always aware of the spiritual opportunities, always aware of uh, that connection to learn something from you. I pray, Lord, that we would uh, just again have a desire, Lord, to um, hear you uh, this evening and then listen to your spirit be taught of something, to be very, um, if you will, uh, self-examining and uh, taking a look at our own personal lives to ensure that we're always grasping that concept that you're trying to teach us. Thank you again, Lord, for this day that you've already given and this morning that was a, that was a, just a blessing. And I pray, Lord, that this would also be that time as well. And this I ask in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So in Mark chapter 8, and we're going to pick up uh, right there around verse 14, it says, Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. So this is this is the tragedy of the situation. Uh, somebody forgot to buy lunch meat and sandwich meat. Or, you know, sandwich bread. They were just like, there's a problem. They they don't have anything to snack on, to munch on at this point. And Jesus kind of, you know, seeing that there's this little, you know, disturbance of the individuals not uh, having this, he takes this opportunity to say something in verse 15. And he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees 
and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not uh, yet? Neither understand? Uh, have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not? Having ears, see ye not? Why do ye not remember? When I break the five loaves among five thousand, how, how many baskets full of fragments ye took up? And they uh, uh, took ye up, they say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments it took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that ye under, you do not understand? And then he just moves on. Just, he just moves on to a different topic. Mark doesn't uh, provide any more elaboration about this subject. Matthew does. Turn over to Matthew 16. Keep your place in Mark. We're going to come back there in just a moment after we read what's going on here in, in, in the book of uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. <clears throat> and, um, you know, after the Pharisees uh, desired that they would show a sign, and he said that he's not, you know, there, there's isn't going to be a sign except for him dying on the cross and raising again. But in, in verse 5, it says, And as the disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take ye heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have uh, brought no bread? Do you not re- understand, and neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how they uh, how that the, uh, he bade them not to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. So here's here's the subject. Uh, he's he's talking about in these parallel passages three different groups: Pharisees, Sadducees, and specifically Herod, which we're going to call those the Herodians. And those three had created quite the little, if you will, kingdom-seeking niche in there where they were. Uh, each one of them had a specific uh, role that they played in religious uh, activities in the nation of Israel at the time. The uh, the Pharisees obviously were very much oriented to things of the law and had a very specific. Uh, tradition, but they weren't all necessarily uh, Levites or priests or anything of that matter. The Sadducees, uh, they they were, they they were the ones that were kind of, if you will, in charge of the physical things of the temple, um, maintaining certain aspects of it. They had this, um, you know, standing of uh, that one of their jobs was was a kind of, if you will, something to be looked up to um, because it was involving uh, the the temple, involving what uh, they considered important. 
So then you have the Herodians. And, and let's put it this way. Herod had his own doctrine. Herod had his own doctrine of what he taught and what he thought as the king then at the time. Now, he wasn't a king that was of the line of David in any way, shape, or form. He was a puppet king that was instilled to try to keep control of the masses there because the Jews had a tendency to be uh, insurgents from time to time. So he had a specific role that he played, but at the same time, he was also uh, very much involved in their their affairs, their court affairs, what they did. And he had another view of how he saw things. Now, if you go back and you, you go to the book of Acts, you find that Paul has this situation where he used the division between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, the Pharisees believing in the resurrection and the Sadducees not believing in the resurrection, uh, opportunity to cause dispute so he could kind of slip out at that point. So the, but, but the idea is, and, and, and regardless of whatever it was, they had a false doctrine. All three of them had false doctrines that Jesus said, you know, at this moment in time, he's wanting to make sure his disciples are aware of it and that they watch out for it, and that it doesn't affect them. Because it can affect very quickly. We see how the Pharisees had had a very much dominating presence in the nation of, uh, of Israel. People were fearful of what the Pharisees would say and how the Pharisees would, would act. I mean, they essentially, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Herodians were kind of like the cool kids on the block. If you didn't fit with their group and you didn't uh, do what they they wanted you to do, the end result is they could actually kind of shun you and kick you out. I mean, we see that with a blind man when they go through the process of asking him what Jesus had done. And, you know, we we, we have that passage where he, he, he simply says, all I know is I was blind and now I see. And and they didn't like the fact that he had been healed by Christ and they kicked him out and and basically was were ordering him and charging him not to tell people there was all sorts of stuff that was going on these individuals could cause a lot of problems case in point paul paul was an individual that would is you know a pharisee of the pharisees going around seeking to imprison and and kill people it's a, it's a, it's a very horrible thing to think about But here's Jesus trying to warn about the influence that these groups are going to have on their life. Now, you got to remember, these guys are young believers at this time. Yes, they've been with Jesus Christ for a little bit now. But again, when it comes into comparison of, of, of other people, these individuals, these disciples were very young Christians. And I will tell you what we can generally look at as, if you will, a mark of maturity is when God is teaching us something, do we always notice the spiritual aspect first? Let's go back over there to Mark chapter 8. You know, here's the, in, in verse 14, where it says that the disciples had forgotten to take him to, to, forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. This is the circumstance of the moment. This is exactly what, uh, we saw over there in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 5, where they had forgotten to take bread. I mean, it was a physical thing. 
you, you, you need to eat. You need to eat. Uh, food is what keeps our bodies moving. Um, you can go a while without food because probably most of us have a good amount of reserves to handle it. But I will tell you this, you need food. You don't get food, you get hungry and you start making bad judgment calls and things uh, go go awry and uh, you, you start getting, a, if you will, maybe a little bit more emotional, a little more angry, a little more frustrated because, again, your mind can't think straight. It doesn't have the necessary nutrition to do that. But, but, but here we are, these, this circumstance is, is that this is what clouded their entire thought process. They allowed the circumstance of forgetting something to shade how they thought about what Christ said. Now, this is important because we will often do that when it comes to Scripture, when it comes to hearing a message, uh, a, a sermon, uh, whatever it may be, something that the Lord is trying to teach us, we will often shade it according to the circumstances of the moment. And that can be a dangerous thing. I mean, here they are. They, they, they'd forgotten to, to, to take something that was necessary. There's all sorts of other, uh, if you will, things that could come up and, and uh, could, uh, um, could be um, uh, used to, to talk about forgetting and uh, talk about a carelessness in the Christian life and things of that nature. But, you know, part of what, 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 you know, the Lord's trying to teach here is, is not to be careless with the spiritual life regarding doctrine. And some, sometimes people are. They allow false doctrine to influence them. They allow false doctrine to creep in and, and you, you get some bizarre beliefs sometimes. I'm talking people today that claim to be Christians, saved, born again, child of God. But these circumstances clouded the thoughts and it provided a specific viewpoint of a physical problem. And here comes Christ teaching spiritual, which is more important than the physical. And he uses this opportunity to just say, hey, you need to be cautious about what others are teaching. And he makes this kind of, if you will, side comment about take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And that's what he charged them with. So he, 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 he gave them this order as saying, look, you need to be careful in this life. This is, this is something you need to do. And of course, Jesus isn't speaking about bread, but leaven. And, and, and you know what the disciples only heard? Bread. That's it. So many times when messages are given and messages are delivered and you sit down and you read the Bible, we don't focus on the key word that the Lord is trying to teach us. It, it wasn't the bread. The, if you look at it there in, the, in this specific pack, passage in Mark chapter 8, verse 15, the 
you're talking about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Where did he say bread? He didn't say that. You take a look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And in both of these, these passages, what was their response? Bread. What did Jesus say about bread? He didn't say a thing. He was talking about leaven and what leaven does. How dangerous it can be, these false doctrines. And, 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 and they, they, they missed out on that because again, in, in, in Mark chapter, uh, eight, verse 16, and they reasoned among themselves saying it is because we have no bread. The whole concept of the whole teaching, which is just one of the most simple, simplistic truths that's out there, beware the, you know, false doctrine. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees, beware the leaven of, of, of Herod, beware the leaven of the Sadducees. And they knew that there was a false doctrine. They knew what they were teaching was wrong. Jesus had more than one occasion to point out where they were failing. The Pharisees, Sadducees, the Herodians, the, the, those that were in charge of Israel. And, 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 and the only thing that they could focus on was the fact that they had no bread. This was the physical problem, and they couldn't see past that to the spiritual application of what God was teaching. And, and again, it becomes important for us to kind of look at this and realize that, that, that this is this is more than just some sort of account of the, the, the disciples being dull. We give, the, we give the disciples a hard time. They're easy to pick on. It's easy to pick on Peter. Oh, man. Peter denied the Lord three times. Man, what a loser. Right? How many times have we done it already? Well, we're, we're not talking about him. We're talking about Peter. Okay. Thomas. Thomas, who was bold and was was willing to die for Christ, all of a sudden kind of becomes a doubter. And... uh Needs to see the Lord with the, with the, the, the scars and the, the holes and the piercing in the side. Oh, Thomas, how could you doubt? He had taught you that. Go over to Mark chapter 16 and it talks about how he upbraided them for their unbelief. And, 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 and you begin to realize, you're like, man, it's because they didn't believe the women that came and told that he had resurrected those that saw the empty tomb. They didn't believe any of that. And, and they were just like, just again, so, so we look at them and they're like, how oh, so dull. But the fact is that this is a warning for us because we will often get caught up in the the if you will the physical parts of the circumstance that we're in when God is trying to teach us a lesson and and, and honestly that lesson may not have to do much with the circumstances that we're going through at the time our circumstances may be something that's very simple to take care of uh, how, how, how simple would it be to take care of this issue 
of no bread. Go to the store and buy it? Or, as Jesus said, do you not remember? Okay, so you got one loaf. One loaf. And there's 12 of you. You don't think I can make that one go, you know, longer than one loaf? When he starts talking about the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000. And he, and he reminds them, not only were they all fed, but they had baskets left over, 12 and 7. 12 and 7. That's a lot of leftovers. From something that didn't even, wasn't even close to yielding that. Wasn't even close to yielding that. But, but, but here, here's the situation. They are more focused on that, that problem than the problem that Jesus sees that is really dangerous. False doctrine. You know, for a time, I kind of talked through a little bit of a, of a series, you know, called Dangerous Doctrines, pointing things out and pointing out some, some pretty serious things that are, that, that were out there. We covered a lot of different ones, we covered some things on Islam and other uh, people that claim to be Christians, other issues even regarding the Bible itself and how people try to change it and why it's important to to stick with what we have here with the, the King James Bible, all of that. We, 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 you know, we covered those things because, again, we need to know those. We need to understand those principles and truths. And it, it's important And I think that many times in the Christian life, we can become very obtuse to false doctrines and false teachings and what man teaches and their their traditions. And we focus more on our physical problems. We focus more on the physical nature of our life. Praying for physical relief without trusting that the Lord would take care of it. And here he is, he's looking at him and he's like, you know, they've hardened their hearts. And he warns them in Mark chapter, or excuse me, over there in the book of Matthew, talking about this hardening that can come about. And we have to understand, or excuse me, in Mark chapter 8, verse 17, why they're being hardened. If you take a look, he says, why reason ye, because ye have no bread, Perceive ye not, neither uh, ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? We look at that and, and we see the the, the 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 physical things, the physical situation, the physical quote unquote problem that really is not that big of a problem when you've got Christ in the boat who can also make the bread go way longer than it should. Here he is, and, and, and their hearts are hardened to the, re, the, the reception of what he's teaching. We think of the hardened heart as the, 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 the old crusty person, if you will, like Pharaoh that's like, no, I will not let your people go, you know? We think of that person. We think of the person that's just so 
angry and bitter and sad and 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 just fed up with everything and they they, they have their heart hardened you know what, what god's teaching here to us we focus on those physical problems a lot more than what the spiritual teaching is we are going to harden our hearts now we may not necessarily be hardening them against the lord directly and purposefully but we're hardening our hearts to hearing what God has to teach us. Because again, he's saying, because ye have no bread? Like, wait, this is your big concern? Among the 12 of you, you're all sitting there doing the hand wringing of like, oh no, what are we going to eat? We've only got one piece of bread. What are we going to do? I can just see Christ just like, what? Why? Again, they allow the circumstances of the moment to harden our heart. When we focus on the physical more than the spiritual, we are going to do that. We're going to create a hardness where we can't hear, where we can't perceive. And and that's one of the greatest things that as Christians that we have is we have the Holy Spirit to help us perceive what is right, what's wrong, teaching us, guiding us, all of this. But but here's the situation. They they couldn't get it. He says, perceive ye not yet, neither understand. You're focused on the physical things, but we're supposed to be talking about spiritual stuff. He says, having eyes, see ye not. Hey, did you not see what I just did with the 5,000 and the 4,000? Did you not see that, 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 that the situation can be handled? That, that, that God can take care of this? That that's not a problem? And what happens? And he says, having ears, hear ye not. You don't hear what I'm trying to teach you. You don't hear the application. You don't hear the spiritual importance behind the doctrines. And he goes back to it and he says, and do you not remember? He calls to remember the times of of great miracles. And many of those miracles were very physical in nature. But but, but let's, do we understand that when God was doing that and feeding the 5,000, why were they even there? Did they all just show up for the potluck? I mean, you know, here's the disciples and Jesus, and they're out there, and they say, hey, we're going to be passing out free bread and fish. Anybody bring any bread and fish? We don't have enough. Andrew, Philip, no. You guys, no, we don't have enough. Okay, how about that little boy? Yeah, he's got some. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's break it up. Was that the reason why those people were there? They were there for teaching. They were there for instruction. That food came next. But why is it we're always so concerned about the feeding of the 5,000? I tell you, in when it comes to pastors, man, they get focused on the physical real fast. Real fast. They're like, well, well, well we need to be seeing you know numbers like Pentecost. Pentecost was a one-time thing. God didn't promise that that was going to happen every Sunday. 
And speaking of that, as I've said time and time again, why in the world would you want to focus on Pentecost? If I want a revival, sign me up for Nineveh, just without the whale. <laughs> I, I, can, I can live without the whale. <clears throat> 120,000 people. But no, they want Pentecost. Because they want it about them. They want it about the physical. And so much time they spend sitting there trying to, if you will, organically grow a church without wondering whether or not the individuals in the pews are growing at all. They just want to add bodies so that they can say, look how many we have. Look how many we have. Thankfully, nobody's asked this for me in a long time. Is People will often ask the question, will come up and they'll say, um, you know, you go to conferences or whatever and they'll say, oh, hey, where are you at? Oh, I'm down over here at Ridgefield. Oh, okay, cool. So, so what are you running? I'm fat and old. I don't run. <laughs> That's going to be my answer. And if they look at me like, no, 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 how many people you have? What's it to you? Are you going to get encouraged by it? Or are you going to use it to judge me? Does it, does it, does it really make a difference? Uh, you know what makes a difference? What makes a difference is the individuals in the pews and, and seeing them grow and seeing them change. You know, that, 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 that's the biggest joy for a pastor. It should be. Is seeing individuals grow. See them starting to make decisions that are not physical based, but they're spiritual based. Not so much about this life, but about the eternalness of the reward. That, that's, that speaks volumes. Back over in Mark chapter 8, in, in, in verse 19, he says, When I break the five loaves among the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said unto them, Twelve. You know what? They only saw the physical results. But they completely were obtuse to what he was talking about here. And specifically the key word. The key word. The key word was leaven. You know what the doctrines of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians were? They weren't leaven as in sin. Now, every time people see leaven in the Bible, they try to relate it to sin. Not always. You can't always do that. There's a lot of typology with that. Again, you got to be careful with the typology in Scripture. Not all yields that. I'll give you an example of typology. Uh, Jesus Christ is described as the what of the tribe of Judah? The lion of the tribe of Judah. He's a lion. All right? Well, who roams about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? Not all lions are good, not all lions are bad. Got to be careful with the typology, right? What does it come down to? Context. And what's the context of leaven here? It's not necessarily sin. He's saying, I don't want you to watch out for their sin. I want you to watch out what they're teaching you. Why? Because it's going to puff you up. Yeah. That's what leaven does, doesn't it? Put leaven in bread and what happens? 
It expands. You get those big air pockets in there, and it makes that bread all nice and fluffy and good. Things like that. And he's saying, you need to be careful. Because what they're going to teach you and what they're going to try to influence you with is going to be pride. It's going to be pride. So here they are in this, and he asks in verse 21 of Mark chapter 8, he says, how is that ye do not understand? And he just kind of stops there in, in, in Mark. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's, it, again, how is it they didn't understand? Because their eyes were only focused on the physical. And when they heard the words... It didn't bring to any remembrance anything that the Lord had taught. It brought to an issue that was centered around themselves of, oh, you know, he's, he's correcting us again because, oh, we forgot to bring bread. And, and he's like, it wasn't even anything about the bread. The bread I can take care of. That's not a problem. What I'm concerned is what's going to happen when, 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 when I'm not here and you've got these people trying to influence you. Go back over to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16 in this passage. And again, you know, it's all about the bread. It's all about the bread. It's all about the bread with them. <clears throat> And, you know, in verse, verse seven, they reasoned among themselves. Now, now this is, I dare say, is almost a, a laughable moment. They reasoned among themselves. And they did the same thing in Mark chapter eight, verse 16. But I want to point it out here. They reasoned among themselves. John, what's he talking about? I don't know. I, I think he's talking about the fact that we realize that we only have one loaf of bread in this ship. John's trying to be all deep about it. And then Peter's like, yeah, it's got to be that. It's got to be that. Andrew's like, I don't know. It seemed, I mean, it doesn't seem like he was talking about, no, it's about the bread. It's about the bread. What do you know? It's about the bread. <laughs> Andrew's like, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess it's about the bread. And there's Judas over there. He's counting the money going, what? <laughs> Where did we have to spend the money to go get bread? Is that what you guys are asking me? You guys want money for the bread? Okay, well, here's a couple of penny worth where you, know, you can go get some bread. We're, we're on the other side. We can go get bread now. They reasoned among themselves. The brain power of 12 adult men came up with, he's correcting us because we have no bread. Because we were forgetful. You know, we do that with children. You know, you get in the car, you're driving, you get to the Walmart, you hop out, you look at the kid. I'm not saying this has ever happened, but you look at the kid and go, where are your pants? <laughs> Did you put them on this morning? Why not? I forgot. We accept that with kids, don't we? We accept it with the elderly. These are 12 
healthy, strong men sitting there thinking about it, and they're like, oh, that's because we forgot. Because we've taken no bread. We didn't prepare. We weren't doing what we were supposed to do. Okay, yeah, 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 we get it. And 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 Jesus is perceptive enough here in verse eight of Matthew chapter sixteen. He's perceptive enough to realize, man, they just don't get it. Now look again. It's easy to pick on the disciples, but let's pick on ourselves. Why is it so hard for us sometimes to just grasp grasp the simple spiritual truth? that God's trying to teach us at the moment, we're trying to make too much out of it. It's because our viewpoint is clouded by the physical circumstances. We're more concerned about what's going on right now physically in the moment than what God's trying to teach us spiritually for something down the road. Were there Pharisees, Sadducees, and Herodians hanging around them right now? No. They're in a boat. They're going to the other side. They just got on, got off the boat. There's no Pharisees around. No Sadducees hanging around in the bottom of the boat. Herodian doesn't just pop off the top mainsail and go, hey, here I am. Nothing like that. It's just Jesus and his disciples. He's talking about something that's going to be a future event. They're looking at it at the moment. And I tell you, one of the biggest things is that we will see is not only will uh, just focusing on the physical, not only will it cloud what we think in, in, in that moment that will harden our hearts to hear spiritual truths, but what it will also do is it will prevent us from seeing what God has for us in the future. Some of the greatest spiritual principles are future principles. You realize that we as Christian beings, or Christian human beings, have, have put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and our hope, which is a sure hope that has not yet been realized, is a future event. We understand that we have forgiveness of sins right now. But when he's talking about, you know, the hope, and he talks about the rapture, he talks about getting caught up in the air, he talks about all those things that we're supposed to comfort one another with. And I'll tell you, that's one of the biggest reasons why the rapture is always under attack. Why? You think the devil wants you to be comforted by the fact that Jesus Christ is going to take you out of here? No. He doesn't want you to think about that at all. That being said, it's a hope that he calls it. We have a hope that we're going to have a home in heaven. I understand we're there now in Christ. But we're talking about some future thing that's going to occur. The Bible's filled with prophecy, future events, future promises. And God is true to his promises over and over and over and over again. As he's been true to Abraham, he's true to us. 
So God's giving a warning here to protect those truths from future attack. Whether it happens five minutes off the, where they get off the boat or whether it happens five years with the, you know, after the boat. God's saying, I want you to be careful. I want you to be aware. I want you to know what they're, 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 they're out there promoting and I want you to watch out and make sure you don't fall for it. He perceived in verse 16, uh, verse 8 of Matthew 16. And he says unto them, what does he say? Oh, ye of little faith. And again, one of the other things that happens, and you know, we talked about the importance of faith not too long ago, but one of the things that happens is when we focus so much on the physical, we will lose faith. We will limit faith. Faith is not in the physical stuff. Faith is found in the obedience to God's word. There might be a physical promise. There might not. There might be a spiritual promise. But all those things are necessary for us to understand. And here he's saying, and not only did he say they were hard-hearted, he's now saying, you don't have enough faith. You don't even have enough faith to hear a simple message. And that's a tough thing for guys that are disciples of Jesus Christ have been hanging around with him for a while now. Close to two years. Then you still didn't get it. And Jesus is asking the question, how come you don't understand this? I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about leaven. Leaven. And as we go through this, he, 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 you know, goes through the, the similar talk, a uh, uh, similar speech, and, you know, reminding them of what he had done before. But when we get down to, to, to verse 16, uh, uh, Matthew 16, 12, it says they, uh, then they understood. It's after he brings up this and, and steer, it keeps talking to them in, 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 in verse 11, and he asks the question, how is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you according or concerning bread that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Now, now again, you know, when we, when we look at this, Mark doesn't say this part. Matthew does. Mark just simply says, how is it you do not understand? And then moves on to another subject. But, but, but here's Matthew. He gives a little bit more detail and he says, how is it that you do not understand that I spake it not, uh, to you concerning bread? That you, that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When I read that verse, I don't know about you, but I can just see the emphasis with Christ's teaching. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, but I'll tell you this. This is, if you will, part of a kin stewardism, but I can see him. You know, just an exasperation looking at them going, how is it that you do not understand? I speak it not to you concerning bread that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then I can see them having this epiphany in verse 17 going, oh, could you see all 12 of them all at the same time doing that? 
Judas in the back still doesn't get it. Poor Judas. But but you understand what I'm saying is, here he is explaining it to him, and I, I can almost see that emphasis in what Christ is saying. I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about false doctrine. And and again, you know, here he makes it very clear. All they heard was bread, 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 bread. Not the word leaven. And he clarifies it there in verse 11, where he says, I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about leaven. In verse 12, it says, then understood they how that he bade them not to beware of the leaven of bread. Now, I'm just going to stop there for a moment. Do you realize that people are running around today talking about the dangers of leavened bread? You cannot eat any bread that has yeast. I'm like, I want a chapter and verse on that one. And what do they do? They go over to the Passover. The days of unleavened bread. Things like that. And I say, praise God, I'm not a Jew. Praise God, I am not relegated to that. Praise God, I'm not sitting there. Because you know what people will do? People will take that physical thing and they'll say, if you're eating, and I've heard this, if you're eating leavened bread, you are physically consuming sin in your life. Yeah, a big stretch. These are the same people that says you should never eat white bread. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> but I'm just sitting there going, what are you talking about? I mean, I, I remember when my mom would have homemade bread. And you know, when, there's nothing. There is... Uh, f- There are a few cents other than maybe like, you know, if you're baking massive amounts of cookies in a home. But but I tell you, there's something about when you walk in and there's the scent of homemade bread. And it's just warm and fresh. And and, and it pulls out of the oven, you let it cool for a little bit, and you're just sitting there like 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 the dog. You're just waiting. You've got you've got you got butter in hand and knife in hand. You're waiting for that first slice. And, you know, the slice of the, the end comes off and it falls over and then you're going for that next one. You don't want that end slice. Hey, nobody likes that. You want, you want, you want that nice warm piece. You, if you want, you want that center one. It's still got all that heat and you pull that out and then you put the bread and put the butter on that bread. And as you're putting it on there, it's, you're trying to smear it and it just like melts into there. Oh, bread. And they're telling me that I can't have that? And I'm just sitting there going, well, maybe you need to take a look at that verse about, you know, not eating meat and things like that and the liberty of having Christ. Excuse me a second. I got to bite this. It's dripping on me. You know, <clears throat> that, that, and, and here, here it is. They, they realized he's not talking about something physical. 
He's not talking about bread. He's not even talking about the leaven of bread, which for a Jew was a big issue. And they, you know, when you're getting ready for, for Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you got to go through the entire house. You cannot have one piece of leaven. You know what that means? That means they were probably cooking with leaven. Wait a second. You mean that they actually were cooking with leaven when it wasn't the Feast of Unleavened Bread and Passover? Yeah. Probably. You ever had some of that leavened bread? About the only food that is really good over in the Middle East <laughs> is the bread. Because they cook it in stone ovens, and it's, I mean, it's handmade. And again, you want to make sure that you don't get any of the raisin bread. I'm just going to warn you. <laughs> my, my, <clears throat> a pastor I know, he went to Egypt and, and he, he loved the raisin bread. And, and the other, you know, kind of guide was sitting there going, those aren't raisins. When they have wings and legs, those are flies. They got in the bread and you just bake them. And they just eat them. They don't, yeah, they don't care. They just you know, go to town. You know, it's cooked. If there's any germs on it, it's gone. Cause that guy's all dehydrated and he looks like a raisin. Bite into that, explodes in your mouth with a little bit of juice. It's good, right? <clears throat> yeah. And it, it, <laughs> avoid it. Yeah. You, 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 so you don't get the raisin bread, all right? You get the bread, this good bread, reputable baker, not you know some weird street vendor, and you just enjoy it, and it's good. But 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 he was trying to get him to think outside of the physical, and he says there. Then they understood how they that uh, he bade them not to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine. Of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Just from simply what he explained, they now understood that he was talking about doctrine. Truth. And what is taught as truth? See how quickly just a simple physical problem created quite the little stir spiritually in their lives. Hardness of heart, lack of hearing, lack of seeing, lack of understanding, lack of faith, all because they were too busy looking at the physical, the bread. And as Christians, you know, that's today. You know, it's not, it's not the physical problem that Christ was trying to warn them about, but he was cautious, trying to teach him to be cautious about what they're taught. What, 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 what all these groups were teaching. You know, and, and, and you know what those groups were teaching? Everything about the physical world. The Pharisees were concerned they were going to lose their place in their country. Jesus Christ does away with the the law and the works of the temple. The Sadducees are out of a job. 
Uh-oh. The Herodians who followed the teachings of Herod, oh, he's displaced and he's no longer king? And Christ is? They all had vested interest in the physical things of the moment. They were, they were so concerned with, with, with those physical things. And that's the mentality of the nation of Israel at the time is they're like, we don't need Christ as king. We just need the kingdom. Well, in order to have a kingdom, let me say this again. In order to have a kingdom, don't you need a king? They were willing to have Herod be that. Jesus is teaching, don't get so caught up on the physical stuff. And what did they do? They got caught up on the physical stuff. They got caught up on the physical stuff. And everything that they were talking about, everything that the Herodians and the Sadducees and Pharisees were teaching, were teaching about physical, they were teaching about this world. And you know what that is? That's a lot of leaven. Why? Because it's a lot of nothing. It's a lot of nothing. You know, and here's the issue, is the disciples had a tendency to look at the outward. The physical. And we as believers do the same. Come on, we're the 12. Whether we associate with Peter, James, John, Andrew, whoever, as long as you're not associating with Judas, okay? I'm talking about Judas Iscariot. You know, we all talk about, you know, who our favorite disciple is and things of that nature and and things like, you know, you know, but let, let's be honest. We're probably about as obtuse as they are. But we can take a look at this and go, you know what? I do need to be careful of what man teaches. I need to be careful of what they're teaching me that's pride-filled, that's going to inflate me. It's all about myself. It's all about the physical things. I need to be careful of that. Because this is not my home. Everything that is here is just going to be for a moment. And then it's gone. I like looking at these two passages and just kind of looking at the comparison. Mark just kind of leaves you going, huh. This is one of those passages that the Lord wants you to study out. He wants you to look more in depth into And you go and you take a look at Mark and you go, oh, that's why. It's about doctrine. Now, I told you it was about doctrine from the beginning. But we don't find out it's doctrine until the end of the passage. And we can infer and we can read and and, and generally as, as people grow, they begin to understand that. But I'll tell you, As a young Christian, sometimes they don't get it. So you know what we do? We teach them. I like how Jesus Christ just teaches them. Now, I may have put a little bit of emphasis of some frustration that's there, but you know how great it is that the Lord, when we don't get it, he'll sit down and he will show it to us. 
And yeah, he might call us a little hard-hearted and lacking faith, blind and deaf, generally incapable of understanding. But then he gives it to us. An understanding through the Holy Spirit. An understanding of what the real principle is. What the real doctrine and truth is. You know, this is just a kind of an interesting little study that I've done and I've looked at over the course of years. I always like to go back to it because it does kind of ground you. And like, you know, I get caught up thinking about a lot of the problems in this world. I got to be really careful about the spiritual doctrines that are out there. That's where the real minefield is. That's where we're taken out of working for the Lord and doing what God's will is for our life. Let's let's make sure we follow after that. If I got a brother Doyle dismiss us in a word of prayer, please.